Blog Talk Radio. And every day we had to take the train in. Uh, and, but, but Bobby, 
still had to take the train in. You avoided the train and took the six-mile walk. Yes? Same point, thank you, Wes. Yep, exactly. So go ahead. So you guys tell us really know how to live, huh? Big time in Prague? Tommy likes to torture me when it comes to saving money because when we got to the airport, do you know what a VAT tax is, VAT? Tell him that one, Tom. So he buys, I couldn't believe it. He actually took money out of his pocket at one time. And they had these, uh, <laughs> they had these Robert Fabergé kind of thing. You know, have you yeah. heard of the Fabergé? Okay. Yeah, sure. So he, we go to a store, a beautiful little store on a side street. And uh, I'll never forget that night. There was a woman singing, a blind woman singing Ave Maria. That, you know, was bouncing off. Absolutely crazy. Anyway, we go in, and the, the, the egg, I couldn't believe he, I don't know who the, what woman he was buying this for. It had to be a special woman. But he, he took out about 150 bucks, right? But he found out that there was a VAT tax on the, uh, on the egg for like 25 bucks. Tax those people on that, yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and he could get the 25 bucks back at the airport. Unfortunately for me, because I was with him all the time, we... Uh, this happened on like a, a Tuesday. We weren't leaving till Monday, so we had a like a you know seven days, six days of whatever of him interrogating every resident, every tourist, every police officer, every uh, <laughs> as to exactly where he could redeem the twenty. <laughs> hey, it's a lot of money, you know. This, I mean, God, if we ever had a camera on this, a film crew, it would have been a running gag of all running gags. But it was, you know, it was not active. It was not active. This is the real deal. Excuse me. He's trying to negotiate first past if they did speak anything close to English. If not, Bobby went into his German, which he you know, has a pretty good command of. He would try, they would try a little Russian because his mother was Russian. He figured he could go there. And it got to be ad nauseum. I, I couldn't believe. He, he had to make sure. So the day of leaving, he comes down to the lobby and goes right for the, the, the cab driver's waiting. And he goes right, right for the, 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 uh, the bell desk, that, or the checkout desk. And it immediately starts, excuse me, where do, exactly where do I redeem this $25? <laughs> goes from there to the concierge, asks the concierge, asks the doorman exactly where this would be. And he, they, they're telling him he has to go through the doors at the airport, blah, blah, blah. Ask the cab driver before we get in the cab. Okay. We get there. Now, I also bought an egg. And... Uh, yeah, he kept saying, you sure? If you got your receipt, if you got your receipt, yes, yes, yes. We get to the airport, and whoo, I, honest to God, forgot, left, lost my receipt. I, I realized when we get to the airport. Bobby gets out and says, you got yours? I got to get in there. <laughs> he's, he's not even going to wait for me. He's, he, can I, you don't mind if I go ahead, do you? <laughs> Because he wants to get through the ticketing so he can get through the door and get the 25 bucks back. <laughs> and I looked at him. Now, it took us, it took us, they, at that time, they didn't have an expressway to the airport. It took us an hour and a half to get to the, the airport. Bobby, Bobby looked at me and says, have you got yours? I said, no. I, oh, shit. I says, I forgot it. He looks at me what are you gonna do? <laughs> and I said, I'm going back. You want me to wait for you? <laughs> it would have been a three-hour trip to get the twenty-five bucks. And, but see, if he had forgotten it, he would have got in the cab and driven back. <laughs> the other half. The other half. Go ahead, Bobby. All right, we just came back from a couple of weeks ago. I decided. I had never driven the West Coast, so I said, let's get a vehicle up in San Francisco, and we'll drive the coast um, to a southern L.A., southern Cal, past L.A. My friend lives in Laguna Niguel. So I said, well, in the vehicle, so my buddy, because I have no access to a computer, I don't know how to plug computers in, 
a mouse or something that's in my basement. I have no clue what the hell's going on with technology, basic stuff. So my friend in Florida has a computer. I said, Leo, get me the cheapest. Uh, I said, get me the cheapest car from San Francisco to uh, to Los Angeles. So he says, I come up with this thing, pay less. Pay less. I says, I want a subcompact, pay less. And he comes back with 178 bucks for pay less to go San Francisco to Los to LAX airport. So, okay. But that means we fly. We drive, we drive and then fly back from LA. Fly to Frisco, fly from LA back to Boston. So, he gets it all set up. We land in San Francisco. I'm all pumped up because now you realize I'm an elderly gentleman. This is what I requested for a vehicle. Stick shift, wind up windows, <laughs> no air. Now, these people think I just came in from another planet. Guy looks at me and says, Another high roller. The guy says, They don't make stick shifts anymore. Wind up windows are not. And, and, and there is AC, whether you want it or not. And the people like the staples. So I said to the guy, Pay less. Okay, it's a 170 because you've got it. And I says, okay, my license, uh, my credit card. And I said, we're going to drop it off at the LAX. He goes, no, you're not. We don't have a drop off at LAX. So have a good day. Are you ready, guys? So I start from one end to the other. Hertz, one week, $1,000. Avis, one week, $700 because... You're penalized for dropping the vehicle off at LAX and not bringing it back to San Francisco. So we get down to this dollar rental, and the guy's name was Lionel, and he, thank God, had a sense of humor. And my first request was stick shift, no air standard, and he just looked at me. He said, he said a few words which I can't use on any radio station. And he said, where the F do you come from, man? I said, well, I, I drive a Hyundai stick ship nowhere and, uh, and, and wind up with us. He said, well, this is 2014. I hate to break the news here, you know. You've missed a couple of freaking decades. So I said, okay, $450 drop off at LAX. So we go along with that. And I says, bye. I do want, if you can't furnish me what I want, give me a subcontact. Okay. We get the keys for the vehicle. It's sitting back at the, at the, at the San Francisco airport. We're driving. I'm walking around the parking lot looking for the vehicle whose plate matches the key. Are you ready, guys? This is the subcontact I was given. Two, a jet black 2013 Mustang. Whoa. This is the subcontact. This is a subcompact. The, the engine is bigger than the, the portion you sit in. When I opened the door, it looked like it looked like I was at the Kennedy Space Center. I mean, there were buttons on the there were buttons on the steering wheel. There were buttons. There were more buttons. I said, I gotta call NASA just to find out how to start the damn thing. And honestly, God, it took me two days to shut the overhead lights off. I didn't know which button to turn, what switch to move. We left, driving down. We left Frisco that night and drove to San Jose. And that was, I don't know how many hours to get there. We had to stop on the side of the road to figure out what the configuration of this vehicle is because I said, don't push that. We could be ejected. You know, I, I was... This thing was incredible. I've never seen. And you put your foot on the accelerator, you go zero to sixty in two point four seconds. I think I mean, dash mileage, huh? Uh, when you hear about that, but state troopers didn't even see us because they're texting too. Everybody else is texting. The troopers are texting. You know what? So we're down in Big Sur, which is a half, you know, Big Sur along the coast, and. Uh, we stopped for gas. Are your kids ready for this? The price of a gallon of gas, $6. Oh, Jesus. $6. I had a half a tank, and she likes to keep the thing full, so we pumped over $60 into this Mustang subcompact. 
bet you cried. I threw every gallon. I bet tears fell from your cheeks. I got a picture. Hey, you want to catch? I got a picture of me pumping it with tears coming out of my eyes. You, you hit it right on the head. The guy that was the gas station said, so why are you crying? I said, this is the first time. I've never paid six bucks a gallon. I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't mind paying six bucks a gallon for whiskey or something, but not for gas. <laughs> And so, are you ready? So I said to Diana, while I'm pumping, go in and get a couple of Cokes. Are you right? A 12-ounce Coca-Cola. Guess how much? Four U.S. Wow. Four U.S. Four 12-ounce Coke. Four dollars U.S. So I said, listen, let's get rid of the car. We're going to rent a moped. You can see a lot more of the coast when you're in an open vehicle. So she she filed a suit in the next court that we got into town. But I'll tell you something. Talk about the prices. And, and, and I'll tell you, no, it was a great time. We finally, I tried to sell the Mustang in, uh, in Venice Beach. Trying to break even for the loss of the gas and just report the thing stolen. But I'll tell you something. Is, is that incredible? I'm still getting, it's been two or three weeks, so I'm still getting over the shock of six bucks a gallon. But that's, oh. yeah, wow. that's it, it amazing. Oh, but we had a good time. You know, we, and I'm leaving for Fiji in three weeks, going scuba diving in Fiji. Uh, and so uh, I haven't well, got you know, shot. You you, you got to live it up a little, buddy. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, you got to get out of your shell. You, you know what, Tommy? Let and... me tell you. If it wasn't for that truck that hit me on my motorcycle two years ago, I wouldn't have the money to go. So I've been on the motorcycle for the last week looking for another truck. Well, well I hope you don't make it a habit, Bobby. Get That's what the priest told me, too. Tommy, that's what the priest told me in confession. <laughs> as long as God forgives you, it's all right. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! So now is, is uh, Di- what the hell is Diana going? going? We're scuba, scuba diving. diving. About twelve dives in Fiji. Wow! Now, are you going with uh, Diana? No, I have this other guy who I he used to live in the condo below me. You know how we became friends? I used to flush all my vegetables and meat down the front, not meat, but vegetables and stuff down the toilet, and it came up through his shower. <laughs> and I don't know what happened, but he called me and says, you know, I hate the body. I'm the guy downstairs. Man. I got a lot of vegetables coming through my shower. I was wondering if uh, you could maybe put them in a bag and put them out, you know, like normal. That's how we became friends. <laughs> <laughs> did, did he think you had you a never have digestive problem? Did he did he think you had a digestive problem? <laughs> um, yeah, either that or I, I had a hygiene problem, you know. How many people you know, really, you know, he said, God, I hate to be a pain in the butt, but I'm getting all your everything. No, you could have said, I've been like this since a kid. I eat it, and it comes out the same way. Exactly. I don't know. I don't He's in his 40s, and I'm 72, and his parents always say to him, why can't you play with somebody your own age? Because <laughs> this guy's, you know, possible terminal on these trips, right? You know, you heard what happened oh. to me at the Barrier Reef, right? Yeah, you told you told us the last time, Tommy. You I were told there. For you that, right? I yeah, sixty feet. The tank failed me, and uh, and uh, and then I got a tree in my leg in Dominica. So I'm looking for the third hit. You know, <laughs> comes in well, trees. It's comes al- in trees. It's so always that's good. What I it's always good to te- it's always good to tempt fate, Bobby. Are you diving off the Great Barrier Reef? Is that no, what I did that two yeah. years ago. Did you get around? Tommy, were you on that call? Because I know Frank and I were on it. Seriously, Tommy, did you hear the story? Tommy, Tommy, did you hear the story? 
on how no, no, he almost died. Off no, the... I didn't hear that before. Oh, go ahead, Bobby. Tell it. All right, here's a quickie on the barrier. We were in uh, a place called Cairns, C-A-I-L-N-S. Then we take the boat. It's called Liverboard. You go out to the boat for like eight days. And the worst thing about Liverboard, at night when those seats get rough, in order to take a shower, you have to, like, prop yourself. It, it's an amazing feat, a skill to take a shower on a boat when it's chopping. So we have so many dives a day. And on the third day, um, my friend said, I got an ear problem, so I'm not diving today. And uh, I said, well, I'm going. I'm going to dive. And so the dive master said, I need uh, two people to go with me. And little did he know that this would save my life. So I said, I'll go with you. My friend told me he doesn't want to go. And this dentist named David from London said, I'll go with what? Because there's a thing called dive buddies. You always have to have a buddy. And so we said, we'll follow the dive master. His name was Richard Kennedy. He was from, uh, from London. So we get in the water, and you do the pre-dive. You know, you check the tank. Make sure the tank's on. Make sure this is working the dive computer. And we give each other the signal, and we go. And uh, what they call a BCD, and we start to go submerge, and we run a guy wire. And we get to 60 feet, and the three of us look at each other. The dive master's in front. And I'm to the right, and the other guys to my left. And we're, and we're like a V formation, maybe a five to six foot separation between us. And we're going along, and I look at my dive computer, and it said 60 feet. And the next thing, you guys, the mask imploded. It just totally imploded. The mask just, I was swallowing half the South Pacific Ocean in my throat. And I looked up, and I said, I'm dead. There's no way I'm getting out of here. All I could see was the light coming through the sun. There weren't any tears. It was like, it's over. I'm not, not going to get out of this. And I wasn't being a hero or nothing. And at that moment, the dive master was turning around to show myself and the other gentleman an interesting object on the, on the coral. He saw me. He spun on his fins. He came bolting back. Give me a butt slap off the head because I'm in a panic mode. Butt slap off the head. Calm down. You know, the hand went level like this, uh, horizontal. Calm down. And took the mask, ripped it off my face. And every dive, every individual dive has something called an octopus, which is an auxiliary um, uh, mouthpiece that you can put in someone's mouth to save them, um, you know, from suffocation. So he took this octopus, stuffed it in my mouth, and we count off the amount of time, and then we go up slowly. You have to go increments if I forget the feet, 15-something feet. And you start for the three minutes. And when we broke surface, and this is no lie, three adults were crying. Me, the David guy, and the, the Richard Kennedy, the diamond. Three of us were holding on to each other and crying. And they pulled us on the vessel, and... Um, and then they said to me, I don't, we don't think you should dive anymore today. I said, gee, that's a shock. And so, they, <laughs> you know, they said they had to force me to, I don't want to get technical, force me to exit the water from my lungs. So that was a procedure. And then uh, I went upstairs to relax. And uh, about an hour or so later, the dive master, this guy Richard Kennedy, is up on the deck. He doesn't see me. I'm in a car, and he's walking, pacing, 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 smoking a cigarette. I said, Richard. Oh, hi, Bob. I didn't see you there. I said, I didn't know you smoked. He says, I started an hour ago. <laughs> and I said, how many years have you been doing this professionally? He says, 18 years. And you were the first one that this happened to. Huh. Wow. And I sat up and I said, what? I said, Richard, I'm glad you were practicing because... He said to me, he said, I've always been taught what to do, but when it happens, you don't know what your reaction is. Well, I'm glad you reacted the proper way. What happened, you guys, was obviously, and I'm not getting into anything uh, bashing the company, obviously there was a malfunction in the tank because the tank read full when I went in. <laughs> Evidently, the gauge wasn't working properly. So when I got to 60 feet, the whole mechanism imploded. And that's when I sucked in the South Pacific Ocean. And, uh, oh, yeah, I was a little spooky about that one. It took me a year to get, you know, like to get used to 
Yeah. Back to diving again. So yeah, we're going back. Sure, the dive master was worried about getting paid. So wanted to get you up as soon as possible, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'll tell you. He he was like I say, based in Australia, and I sent him. You know, I, I sent him a hundred dollars, and it was uh, just a thank you, but it was all in pennies. So the cost of shipping a hundred dollars in pennies, because I couldn't get a hundred dollar bill anyway, you know. But uh, I you. <laughs> You, 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 you never know. You never know when the bell goes off. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah, evidently, it wasn't. It might have been ringing, but you weren't. Uh, it wasn't your time. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't answering the bell. <laughs> but I'll tell you. So, you know, uh, like you know, last year I went diving in the Turks and Caicos, and they wouldn't let me dive. I didn't tell you this, Tommy. And I mean, I'm sorry, both of you kids. I didn't tell you this one. Last year, April of last year, I had this uh, suspended problem about uh, for about 20 minutes, and then it came all back again. Did I tell you that one? No. no. You had a what problem? My brain just shut down for 20 minutes, and then I went to an a, a, a emergency ward, and you know what it was, kids? They took an MRI or whatever they do with the CAT scans, and the guy says, what the hell have you been taking from, from pills? I says, I take chondritin glucosamine, you know, for the, for the knee joints, and I take three calcium tablets a day since 1981. He goes, who the hell told you to take calcium tablets three times, a, three, three of them a day? I says, some doctor told me back in the hospital. He says, pal, you, you know what you've done? I didn't tell you this to me. My blood vessels were calcified. Oh, my God. So it was as bad as having plaque. So they put me on six months of this uh, sterile, sterile, I don't know what the hell, some other Steroid. thing, and it broke up all the calcium, and it came out through my my tissues and stuff, so that neutralized that. But, but can you imagine? People take so many meds, they don't know what the hell they're taking. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. And, and it's scary, yeah. People say, you still, are you still taking medication and drugs? I said, no, I took them when I was in my 20s when it mattered. <laughs> You know what, kids? Always be aware of your medical people and human beings, too. You know what I mean? No, they're not. And, wow. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, you know, you, get a, you, get a, you take a pill for a headache, and you look on the uh, sheet that comes with the medicine you're taking for a headache, and one of the side effects of your headache medicine is getting a headache. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? When like people that say, yeah, people said, yeah, you're 72. Have you thought about Viagra? I said, you know how far the falls are to get the buffalo? It's, it's just, I can't afford it. <laughs> I like the part where you say, if you, if you have an erection for more than four hours, call your doctor. I'd call the damn newspaper and put it, put it in the front page. <laughs> You know what my girlfriend said? If you have an erection more than four hours, call me. <laughs> she put her phone number on stars in the men's room. <laughs> so, other than other than how uh, any other highlights from the California trip? No, it, 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 it was a cool trip. Like I said, I never. You know what it was? The sea lions. Uh, at this time of year, are in there humping their brains out, making new sea lions, you know what I mean? So there must have been about 2,000 male sea lions trying to chase these poor female sea lions around the ocean. That reminds, that reminds me of Fort Lauderdale, where the boys are, you know? That's a little like in the 60s. That was Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, yeah, that's nature for you. Um did you drive did you really through uh, Montreal? Yeah. Did you do the 17-mile drive? No. Uh, did you do well, the you 17 know why? I, no, you know why. Yeah. It costs 10 bucks. You, you know what you're talking to, Tommy. <laughs> Diana says, let's uh, do the 17-mile drive. Pebble Beach, Monterey. Are you crazy? It's 10 bucks. <laughs> and I'm not lying. Hey, you know I'm not lying. I'm telling you the gospel truth. She said, You're the cheapest, you know what? <laughs> she, I, did you she spring for the 10 bucks? No, I said, I need money for gas. 
Did you hear any good music? I know you're a big music aficionado. Did you hear any music out there? Well, you know what's funny? We were on a pier out in uh, Balboa Beach, and there was an old-time Mexican man with an accordion, and it was held together with duct tape. And this guy was was such a cool guy. Uh, I requested, you know, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, but he almost shot me. (laughs) I can't do it without backup. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> One of my favorite accordion pieces, Beethoven's Ninth. <laughs> so, you know what he did play? He played. You, you know what my favorite song used to be years ago was Guantanamera. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, we are Diana and I are in Sicily. We're driving all around Sicily. We leave Catania. We drive the whole perimeter. Come back for the whole. Two-thirds of the trip, all that was on that radio was Guantanamo. Every day that music would come out. So I stopped at a gas station. They had a little stand where you could buy CDs. So I get this Beethoven CD, and I put the Beethoven CD in, and we played it all the way the rest of the trip. We, are you ready, you two guys? We get to the rental back in Catania, and Diana says, don't forget to take the, DV, uh, the CD out of the player. As soon as I put the CD out, the car was still running and the music came on. You know, it was Guantanamera. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Beethoven wrote that. <laughs> so, so, so did the, did the Mexican play your, your request? He played Guantanamera, and you know, being my age, you two guys are too young, but one of my favorite songs way back was Moonlight Serenade. Remember that old Glenn oh, Miller yeah, thing? That was Glenn Miller's thing, so I always liked it. And uh, he played it, and I remember Diana actually, she says, go give the guy a buck. And I said, well, I got 40 cents in. So, but no. <laughs> Do you know blind people know the difference between paper and change? <laughs> Jimmy, I'm going to go out to L.A. because I can't teach me. I don't believe it. 
So he asked his sergeant, they put me up in Jimmy's barracks for three days and three nights before I hitchhiked back to L.A. And when I went to the, when I went to mess, you know, to the mess hall to eat with Jimmy at night, the sergeant said to Jimmy, I've never seen a guy eat sauerkraut and cherry pie in the same time. This <laughs> <laughs> is I've never seen a guy eat together. Cherry pie and sauerkraut, he must have been freaking hungry. So, I went through my $10, so I asked Danny, I said, i got to go home, because my mother was alone. So I get 10 bucks from Danny, I hitchhike back to Boston. It took me seven, eight days to come back. I got stuck in the Mojave Desert, sleeping in a telephone booth. In the middle of Mojave, coyotes are outside going, looks like a good meal, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them in. I don't like dining with quadrupeds. So, a lady from a lady from I'm 19. A lady from Texas picks me up with her two kids, and had a bucket of southern fried chicken in the back. A bucket, and she went, "Would you like a piece of chicken?" When I got out of the vehicle, there were chicken bones everywhere. The kids looked like they were starving to death. The woman was in total shock. I don't know how many chicken, I don't know how much fried chicken I ate, but there was nothing left in the family. But I was polite. I said, I said, thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, the, well, true stuff is the, the true stuff is the funny stuff. You know what I'm saying? The true yeah, stuff is the funny stuff. You, from you it is. <laughs> most people, most people, their 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 recollections of California would be "Travels with Charlie" by John Steinbeck. Oh, oh well, yeah, you're right. I heard, we were at a bar in my hometown of Lynn, Mass, and my friend Bobby and Tony were talking about going to Florida. And Bobby had just bought a brand new Pontiac Bonneville. He says, "I can't wait to drive this to Florida." He says, "Well, I'll go with you." And they knew me. They said. You ain't got no money. I said, don't worry about it. I go home and steal 10 bucks out of my mother's pocketbook. They pick me up. <laughs> By the time we get to the Carolinas, I announced that I had no more money. And they kick each other going, we, we bought it. We believed them again. I was a good liar. I took people on the defense. And so I ended up parking cars at Fort Lauderdale to get enough money to hitchhike back to Boston, but I didn't. I got to Daytona Beach, and uh, I got to Daytona Beach, and I took a Greyhound bus back. Are you ready for this? But I was in love with this girl from Beverly, Mass. She was a doll, and her name was Linda. So I wanted to go back and see her. Now, I'm drunk out of my mind. In the back, <laughs> way in the back, you know, the back of the Greyhound, that long seat. I'm drunk, and I'm in a blackout, and I'm thinking I'm kissing Linda. In a blanket, it was a poor old black sharecropper that I was kissing. <laughs> and he said a few things that I can't say on the phone, and the bus driver stopped the bus and made me sit up front for the rest of the trip. Travels with Charlie. Right. I didn't care about oh, the 60s, but I have no stories at all because I don't remember any of it. Ah, well, I'll tell you, you know, I'm lucky he didn't call the cops, but he's a decent great I, I wasn't violent. The, the poor old black sharecropper said a few words, but they weren't, they weren't endearing, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's funny how you forget all that stuff, and then you start talking about, oh, my aching God almighty. Oh, my, I gave blood once to come home, 25 bucks to hitchhike back home from Florida. With my first wife, we both came and I hitchhiked home. She fell in love with me on the road home. <laughs> True story. True story. Oh, I mean, my, my, my. These days. You can probably go farther now. They give you more for a pint of blood when you donate. They don't donate it, but you sell it. <laughs> What, what was that? I missed that. 
I think uh, uh, you can probably get a little farther now on uh, selling a pint of blood than you did then. I think they give you oh, more money for it. You probably could have made the trip a little uh, longer. But my blood is contaminated. I've got terminal stupidity. Yeah, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, oh, I, I feel so. like I... Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I, uh, so... Uh, so was there a trip previous to the California trip? California. I mean, was I know 16. there was. I'm just. No, I'm trying to think. You know, no, because I was 19 when I did that hitchhike, and they all. No, no, no. I'm 16. saying. No, I'm saying this this particular trip. I mean, you don't hang around for long. You're here like. I know. Like a month or something, and then you're gone. Well, we, you know what we just came back from before we went to the Ukraine. We were in the Ukraine, all up and down the uh, the, the Dnieper, D-N-E-I-P, uh, Dnieper River, in all those places we visited, uh, not to get political, I'm not a political person, but uh, they were very happy with their status quo, so I don't know how happy they are right now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we went right. to Ukraine, and we had, you know, in Kiev, um, this man was playing all U.S. music he had on Chuck Berry, Emily Brothers, Little Richard. And so um, I came up with the guy. Diana was in the park talking to a lady with her children. And I stopped Chubby Checker. I stopped doing the twist with this guy, <laughs> Chubby Checker. And he had, he had one of these Jim Henson puppets, like the big face puppet. And, and, yeah. People, yeah, and when the people come by, he's giving them... The puppet reaches over, takes the little money out of the little kid's hand. And so the more I dance, people are starting to come crowd and look at this nutty American. And then he put the Evelyn on lip sync. I know I never love it. You know, I knew all the music. And then I said, wait a minute, to the guy, real nice guy. He had a cowboy hat on. And um, I ran over to the park. I said, you got to come over here and see this guy. He's nuts. So she goes back over with me. And we start doing some, some dancing and uh, doing a twist and other dances. And people are starting to come over, and his pocket's getting filled with money. Throwing the money <laughs> at the guy. And so this guy's making a few bucks here. And so um, one of the people on the cruise boat is going by from Ontario. I said, hey, listen, if you do me a favor, my camera ran out of film because I have that expensive Walmart uh, $4 camera, you know. You take the pictures and then you throw the camera <laughs> off. But not. So he took a picture, and when he went back to the boat, Diana went back to the boat. I hung around for another half an hour or so. You know, the guy said to me at the end, he says, I thank you very much. God bless you, and Merry Christmas. So that was in November of last year. He made a, and I said, well, listen, uh, you know, there is a charge for all the entertainment. I don't know what you got in that pocket, but uh, what do you think I'm living like? I mean, stealing in this boat. I'm living downstairs with the freedom. But, um, and, uh, so he had a good, you know, I don't know whatever happened to him downtown Kiev. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But we brought some laughs over there, too. So, you know, you got to lighten up and laugh it up. Well, you know, I hate to bring up the dark side, but, you know, the, the talk gets around. The agents, you know, will call me, and I won't mention names, you know. Gee, uh-huh. I feel bad for Bobby. I feel Bobby. I just got off the phone with Bobby, and he's claiming there's no work. I feel bad for Bobby, and I say, and then I jump in and I say, <laughs> "Really, you feel bad for Bobby Sabel? Yeah, I feel bad for him. You know, I mean, he's getting old." He's, I said, "Really? When was the last time you were in the Ukraine? What? I said, when was the last time you were in the Greek Isles? What? When was the last time you spent a couple of days up in Montreal? What? I said, how many times have you been to Venice?" I've never been to any of those places. I said, well, Bobby's been there 12 times. I said, he's got the biggest scam going in the world. He makes you feel sorry for this poor guy. I said, he's hooked up with a very wealthy woman who is a kept man. I said, this, and, he, and he plays and he cries, poor mouth, and, and he collects problems. It's all a scam. It's all a scam. The guy, the guy's lived a life that most people would die to get to come back to do again. You're unbelievable. You were my incentive. I have to say this. You were, when I was working at Fuji, I said to myself, what the hell am I doing working? This guy, you know, works a couple of gigs. Da, 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 da. He knows how to squeeze a buck till it cries. And he's tra- he travels the world. You know, how many times 
did you take a, 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 a tramp steamer down to South America? Um, one, two, three, four times, yeah. And over to Europe once. And then, yeah, my four, you know, I, I missed that. Those, those, uh, those old freighters were fun, you know. I just, uh, yeah, through the, through the, uh, through the, the Panama Canal, yeah, down there. Oh, my God, Tommy, I forgot all about those trips, you know. Yeah, I, I forgot, you know, no, I'm, I'm not, compl- you're right, you're 100% right, and the people never get, you know, some people don't get out of town, like, some people don't get out of Chelsea, you know? Yeah, a lot of people from Lynn, a lot of people from Lynn think that, you know, a, a, a trip is going to Peabody, to the mall. I know, I know. I know, and, and like people, like Steve Sweeney always says, there's nothing more beautiful than sunset over the GE plant in Lynn. Uh, <laughs> breathtaking. Oh. More ways than one. More ways than one. You see, I'm right. But yeah, no, you're right. No, you know, I'll tell you something. And, and, and like I say, Tommy, you guys, you know, I always talk about you and say, Tommy Hayes, you know, what the handicap is. Has never never once complained about the handicap. Always made a joke out of it. And made, so it's people like you that keep me from getting on the pity part. You know what I'm saying? You know that's what it is. That's we. I did a I did a thing on Sunday night. Uh, I think people understand. A fundraiser, the guy gets paid. A benefit, you throw him, You do your time. And um, and uh, this young woman greeted me at the door. And she says, I really appreciate you doing this. I goes, yeah, thank you. Who's the girl with the problems? And she goes, I'm the girl. 28, I won't get into the specifics, but a rack with cancer. 28, was first diagnosed at 25. And this girl is laughing. And I'm complaining about hemorrhoids. <laughs> you get the message, you know what I mean? Here's a girl yep. with a smile on her face fighting cancer, and I'm suicidal because I got a hemorrhoid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, those hemorrhoids can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't underestimate a hemorrhoid. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> down. It's just so funny when you put when you look at the big picture, you know, and you go like, wait a minute, I'm okay. So that's what I mean, you know. When I look at guys like Tommy, they have some serious things going on, and they're still laughing, you know what I mean? So it is well, powerful. Well, you know, it's guys like you, it's, it's vice versa. But you'd never look at the big picture. When, when would you ever spring to buy a, a, a widescreen TV? My TV broke. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? I'm throwing the TV out and putting the aquarium in. <laughs> Get your aquarium. aquarium. Oh God! Well, bo- well, Bobby, we've got to thank you so much for this. This was fantastic. Oh, by the oh, way, yeah. we uh, we want you to join. Tommy and I have another. We'll give a plug for our other radio show. We have a children's radio show, and well, uh, on I that show, it's all. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all about, of course, based around the idea of the bean and the crazy yeah. world of Bean Town, where these beans live. Yeah. And uh, we, there's a mayor. We, I, I started thinking the other day that you would be the ultimate mayor. The mayor's name is Has Bean. <laughs> mayor Has Bean. And we would love for you Naturally, to act, you right out, away, eh? act out the, the <laughs> mayor. Um, yeah. Do you think you'd be? Do you think you'd be up for that? You give me a call, we'll set it up, and we'll do it. Okay. I, can I play you just a little quick clip of uh, what happens in Bino? What we did a little news thing, Paul. You know Paul out well. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, Paul and I did this little spoof on what the news would sound. Let me play it for like a minute or two, sure. just to sure, give you sure. an idea. You ready? Okay. Hang yeah, on. Yeah, I'm ready. There we go. Okay, here we go. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the WBEAN Morning News. It's a busy Bean Dependence weekend here in Beantown, and Chuck Scoop is on the scene with the latest traffic report for all you beans heading out of town. Hey, Brad, thanks so much. Uh, well, it's an early start, but things are pretty sticky already there, Brad. 
Looks like there's a big jam at the jelly factory. Looks like a delivery truck flipped its lid and dumped a quite a load of huckleberry jelly over the access road. Now, is that the access road that's right near the fork of the road by the that's bottleneck? Correct. That's right on the spot, that's actually. That's a bad that's, spot. That's quite a split. Quite a split there. Anyway, it looks like Officer Lemur's on the scene right now and has called in a truckload of English muffins to help mop up the mess. Sounds like quite a mess down there. We haven't had a mess that big since the peanut butter truck crashed into the chocolate factory. That was a delicious cleanup. Yeah, I heard about that, uh, Brad, and I was quite disappointed I was not on duty that weekend. Uh, well, Brad, uh, we'll keep you up to date as uh, things progress down here at the Jelly Factory. Well, thank you for that report, Chuck. In other news, there's a strike at the bowling alley, labor unrest at the mattress plant, and a slowdown at the molasses factory. We'll be back with those stories after this word from our sponsor. There you go. So Love just a little, uh, yeah, let's do a little taste. Pie, and, yeah. do, and we got, um, we have some great national uh, singer-songwriters, children singer-songwriters who are, I mean, when you hear the quality of music, it's it's certainly far above that. The last gal that we had on uh, was from Denver, Colorado. Catherine Dines yeah. is her name. And did this great song about an imaginary friend. When she got through, I said to her, Bobby, where did you hear the guitar work and the instrumentals on these uh, things? And yeah. I said, well, who, who's your guitar? Yes, I said, who's your guitarist? She said, oh, that's a guy named Jim Camp- Kimball out of uh, Nashville. He's a big producer, songwriter himself, and he's Reba's lead guitarist. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so that's the kind of quality of guests uh, we're going to have on the show. So if you could join us, we'll sit down. In fact, I'm going to call you off air and try to uh, someday, you know, I know you're busy, you want to get back to the class, but I'll give you a call in a couple of days, and I want to come up and actually sit down with you and just, you know, we'll go through the whole storyline and um, build this up. Love you both. Stay in touch. Yeah. All right, thank you thank so you much. And Tommy, Tommy, thank you. Wasn't that a great show? Great show, Bobby. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And thank you both. Right, and remember, thanks. things could be worse. I could be your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. And thanks, listeners, for joining in. And uh, I hope you're listening to this live, but even better if you're listening to it archived. Uh, funny, funny, funny show. Tommy, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Thank you See all. See you later. Bye-bye. Right. So long. Bye-bye. Okay. Let me introduce